Fun fact. Yeah. 70 million of the 75 million was made for explosions. This is Baseball Tangents. I'm Kyle Lewis. And I'm Jeff Hayward. So we're going to talk a little bit about the recent happenings in the league, and we're definitely not going to touch on everything because I don't really want to talk about the Astros and cheating, and I don't really want to talk about all the trades out there. I mean, I was going to lead with those two things, so this is awkward. Mm. Well, so what's going on? What are the recent things? What's happening? Well, the the trade that's really fascinating to me is uh, Mookie and David Price going to the Dodgers. Why? Um, Mookie is a... In a world where we don't have Trout, who is a once-in-a-lifetime player, not a, just a once-in-a-generation player, um, in a world where we don't have Trout, Betts is the best player in baseball. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think you trade the best player in baseball. I think you find a way to keep him and build around him. Mm-hmm. And like Trout, I think Betts is a really quality individual off the field. And I think that Boston is maybe a sports town that doesn't always have quality individuals uh, off the field and off the court. Mm-hmm. And they could benefit from someone who doesn't bring drama. Makes see, sense. Brady, see Belichick, see Gronk, see Kyrie Irving when he was with the Celtics. Um, I think I think there's some people who are maybe a little more controversial, and Mookie is just well liked. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against him. Uh huh. And uh, we have our first uh, pun penalty of the of the day. Uh, David Price, I still like quite a lot. Um, I really enjoyed him when he was in Toronto, and obviously it was great with the Rays. Um, his time with the Tigers was whatever. Um, and he had his moments with Boston, but he was just injured too often. Really loved seeing him in the um, 18 World Series and was just a lot of fun to watch then. So Price is out and Betts is in. Well, they're both now Dodgers. I don't know if that makes them in or out. Oh, I see. My bad. And um, Verdugo going to Boston. People talk about his makeup issues, his his issues off the off the field. I'm not I'm not so high on Verdugo, but he did produce like two and a half, almost three war. You You're know. saying his makeup issues? What are you talking about? Like his his the makeup of his, him as a person. Oh, like Mookie Betts is a a, a solid individual human, <laughs> and uh, Alex Verdugo uh, may become one, but may have some issues just like coming into adulthood. But he's like 21, 20. He's he's super young. Um, and uh, he's he's interesting, but they don't need more outfielders in L.A. because they have 27 of them. Um, David Price, interesting. That's kind of the most fascinating trade. Also weird how it shook out that um, Gratterall was going to go to Boston and then didn't, but Kenta Maeda and Gratterall still were part of a trade, but just a direct trade between the Dodgers and the Twins. Um, I like Kenta Maeda. I'm not crazy on Gratterall. Um, 102 mile an hour, but from what I have heard, he's his fastball is straight, and um, if it if it's uh, 102 miles an hour but straight, that sounds like homers to me. But I could be wrong. Um, question: I got a question for you. Yep. When are most of the trades happening? Like in the off season? At at what point of the off season are things happening? Usually, it's a little earlier in the off season, but as we get closer to spring training, teams are seeing what they're missing and. Moves are happening. This year, uh, 
the offseason was much more interesting than the year prior. And the moves were throughout the season, throughout the offseason. And um, we didn't see everything waiting to the last minute like we did last year with Harper and Machado. Mm. Um, so are there like sometimes like just a few players that like initiate a bunch of other trades? Yeah, exactly. There's a, a, a vacuum somewhere. And then as teams go to fill that, new vacuums are created and um also as free agents sign somewhere all of a sudden um well like the padres were trying to get uh mookie bets but when the padres didn't get mookie bets okay now they can start looking at other players or moving other pieces around and like they just traded manuel margot um who i also like who's an outfielder for them uh to the rays for um not familia emilio pagan um, who was very good for the Rays last year, and uh, but it's interesting that they dropped uh, an outfielder, and I think they traded Hunter Renfro, but um, I'm not I'm not sure. We could come back to the Padres and trades, but really the trade that I'm most fascinated by is is Mookie and David Price, and the big thing with the Dodgers trading away a bunch of prospects to get Mookie Betts is that Mookie's going to be a free agent after the season. But I really think that the Dodgers uh, have a deal in principle with Mookie um, to pay him more or less $400 million and to put the two best players, keep the two best players in baseball in L.A. So Trout playing center for Anaheim slash L.A. Mm-hmm. And then for um, Mookie to play center in or right. I mean, it depends where they move him and Bellinger and Muncie and all the stinking outfielders they have in um chavez ravine is that mm-hmm. it? chavez ravine yeah new uh, facelift this year apparently yeah i i uh i've heard that i need to i need to check it out mm-hmm. it is it is a, a really lovely space and um i may have said this to you before but they have beautiful hand-painted signage inside dodger stadium oh yeah it's a really it's really nice quite classy um nice yeah good yeah, um, but I do think that Mookie, uh, there's a $400 million deal out there. If anybody's going to pay it, it's going to be the Dodgers. And um, What are you saying about like they want to keep the best ball players in, in L.A.? Like, who's they? You think that there's like some... Andrew Friedman, the, the GM, or I, don't, I can't remember if he's the GM or if he's the president of baseball ops, but the man in charge for the Dodgers. But I, I think... Uh, you think the Angels this, and the Dodgers are colluding a little bit and saying, "Hey, let's let's keep some let's keep some people here." No, I, I mean Trout's uh, not leaving. I'm I'm speaking from like a third person om third person person omniscient mm-hmm. state, which is that like the idea that both um, Dodgers teams want to field really high end products, and they have found a way to acquire the two best players in baseball, and that Trout assigned a forever extension, and that Betts. I think um, is someone that the Dodgers are going to want, want to try to hold on to. And he's they, like, the Dodgers don't need the goodwill of bets. Um, there, I think there are other teams that could benefit more from like the goodwill and the good nature and the good spirit that bets has. But on the other side of the coin, Dodgers, it doesn't hurt the Dodgers to have like a genuinely nice guy to be the face of the franchise. Yeah. It makes sense. Especially with Kershaw kind of on the, decline of his career mm-hmm. yeah that's what's up what else is going on 
Um, other interesting things, uh, MLB put out a press release about new rules, and there's a couple that I want to highlight. Um, big one, three batter minimum. Mm-hmm. So relievers now there's have a song to, about this though. You know that three batter minimum? No, new rules. Mm. Dua Lipa. I got new rules. I got them. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, is it a good song? <laughs> Hell yeah, it's a good song. All right. Anyway, continue. Uh, three batter minimum. So now relief pitchers have to face three batters. And there are some caveats to this rule, but basically three batter minimum will go into effect halfway through spring training and then will be uh, a rule. And this will have a... Halfway? Yeah, uh, March 12th is what I'm reading. That seems odd, doesn't it? Well, they're, they're like ramping up. Sure. It's like a recent change. They couldn't ramp like a little bit before this. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Know. Okay. What what is it, like what is the implication like why is it why are we doing this? Well, teams have been carrying more and more pitchers recently, and they have been the pace of pay, pay, the pace of play has been slowing down dramatically um, over the, like like the last ten years in baseball. And as batters get better, um, managers are turning to a new pitcher for uh, every at bat or quite often towards the end of the game to try to keep uh batters on their toes and so teams are carrying 14 and 15 pitchers and um they're trying to do things to really um really turn baseball into this like three true outcome sport which is three true outcomes are um an out a or uh, i'm sorry a strikeout uh, a walk or a home run um is that right i'm gonna go with it i could be wrong there though um the point is here the idea is that uh instead of having uh, relievers swap so often you might have your starter go six and then seventh inning is one reliever eighth inning is another reliever and ninth is your third mm-hmm. and if they can all sit down you know the batters three at a time we'll go from there now the other piece is that i believe that if there's an inning change there's you can that is a, a another delineation, so you can bring a new pitcher in to warm up in between innings, and then you have him pitch. If that makes sense, mm. um, and I don't think he has to hit three batters there. Now the other thing, of course, is about injuries. Um, but if uh, I guess Umps can say, "Oh yes, he is injured. We can bring in another pitcher." Um, but now there's new rules about the injured list, and um, players have ten days. But pitchers will now be on a 15-day IL, so you're you're disincentivized from um, saying a pitcher's injured because you're going to lose him for, well, probably lose him for 15 days, if that makes sense. Um, but what, like, when when was this? What was happening before that prompted this rule? Uh, which one? The three batterman? The 15-day? Um, oh, the Dodgers were many other teams, but the Dodgers were doing this for the most part, which was that they were um, giving their starters a little bit more rest um, by putting them on a 10-day DL and then bringing up other relievers or other starters from the minor leagues. And then they would, you could work the timing just so, so that someone like um, Ryu or Kershaw could pitch 110, 120 pitches and then, go on the 10-day IL, only miss one start, and come back for their next start. And that's not really 
that's not really what the intention of this is, but yeah. the, the Dodgers are a creative team and they're going to try to do things that are maybe within within like, the rules, but within like, the yeah. within the letter of the rule, but against the spirit of the rule. It's just odd, like the the te- okay, it's ten days. Oh, ten days is missing a start essentially, and then you're like bringing somebody else up. Yeah, if you assume that you like a starting pitcher pitches every five days, right. but because of off days and if you time things right, you might move a, a a special starter up a day, and then that would give him the chance to get back on a regular rotation without with only missing one start. But like, and if t- if you're gonna play somebody who's like a garbage team, right? Like, if yeah. you're gonna play the Marlins or the Royals oh, or poor Marlins and Royals just getting dumped on by Kyle Lewis right now. I mean, a team that's not not very competitive you might say we'll, we'll rest kershaw we'll rest ryu or i mean ryu is now with toronto but sure um you'll rest our our star pitcher because we don't need we need those seven innings or those 100 pitches later in the season we don't need them now there's like a finite number of pitches for a whole season it's just an interesting like the, the window that, that a team has or that a pitcher, that a pitcher has. has the yeah, pitcher yeah. has right and so certainly and so and so there's a finite number of pitches for the whole season, but it's like, is it that big a difference to rest for an additional four day or you know, five days, whatever? Like resting past five days, is that really relevant for these pros? You know, is it, is it really that big a deal for a pro to rest an additional five days? I think it is. I mean, it bears some, some research, but I do think that it, it is helpful. And then if it is helpful, then like, are there potentially unintended consequences here where we see something like where we see like injuries actually rise if if teams can't use this tool but like pitchers have for however many years been kind of doing this where like once in a while they can just rest a little bit more you know what i mean yeah i i think that it'll be interesting to see how pitchers injuries change hypothetically but i think that the dodgers were using this 10 day il like i said uh, within the letter, but against the spirit of the rule. Yeah. But the other big thing with pitcher injuries is all these blisters that we're seeing from the baseball, from the seams being lowered. Mm-hmm. So pitchers are gripping the ball tighter and getting getting these blisters. Mm-hmm. So it, well, it'll be something to to track throughout the throughout the season. Interesting. What other notable rule changes, if any? Um, Two way player designation. Basically, um, clubs. Uh, will, are only permitted to carry so many pitchers. Um, it looks like during September it's fourteen pitchers, and I think earlier in the season it's either thirteen or fourteen. I can't recall. Um, I think they're lim- limiting. Um, August thirty first and postseason clubs will be permitted to carry a maximum of thirteen pitchers from opening day through August thirty first. Um, and September you can carry fourteen pitchers. So. This gets really fascinating when you have a player like Shohei Otani um, or um, Taylor Trammell, who's still in the minors, but will always be up sometime soon. Uh, Michael Lorenzen from the Reds, um, players who can play multiple positions. And basically now there's this uh, situation where uh, a player can, I'm quoting here from Major League Baseball, a player will qualify as a two-way player only if he accrues both at least 20 major league innings pitched and at least 20 major league games started as a position player or DH with at least three plate appearances in each of those games. And um, basically that 20 starts um, is quite a lot. That's, that's a good number of starts. Um, 
Lorenzen was um, coming in as a substitute um, quite often. And he, he's a very decent outfielder. He played outfield at, um, was it Long Beach? Cal State Long Beach? Maybe. I can't remember. Um, but uh, he was a closer and center fielder for in college and was quite good. And he played a decent amount of outfield last year. And Shohei Otani played a good amount of outfield um, when he's in Japan. And I don't know if he's played any outfield since he's been in the U.S. But basically, these players will not count. If they start enough games in the field, they won't count against the pitcher total, which means that you can kind of get a twofer uh, without having to pay a penalty for it. But you're going to see the Angels, who I think are very likely a playoff team this year, you see the Angels making sure that Shohei Otani gets his 20 starts and his, mm. and the DH really helps him because he, 20 starts at DH is not a big deal for him and to get three plate appearances. But I imagine that Joe Madden will be tracking that very closely and making sure that if Shohei Otani is, um, is playing uh, in the field or DHing, that he gets three plate appearances mm-hmm. um, for each, each time he goes out there. How much do you think the managers geek out on stats are they just like totally immersed in stats i think it's all available to them uh i think every team has a has an analytics department but i don't think that most managers are embracing it i would say probably 50 percent. are they just like going with like the like what what's known to work in baseball the gut it sometimes and like just like knowing the game really well before data i think there's still a big element of that but i also think that the coaches they're surrounding themselves with are arming themselves with the data but i don't think um some of the older old school managers are going to the data to inform decisions that they are making but they may be going to their coaches who are informed by data so yeah as there's a new generation of coaches supporting managers um I think we'll see that. I mean, the Giants hired Gabe Kepler, who is a a guy who is, um, when he was moved to managing in Philly, it was seen as like he was a a a, a face for the front office on the field, and the front office is where the stack guys work, and so they're going to try to manipulate things based on stats, which is. It's on the business side, right? Versus the, the, the feel side being with the players. And, and um, you know, if somebody's hot, we're going to put them in, even if, you know, maybe we've been riding somebody too long. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see how Gabe Kaplan does in San Francisco. I mean, there's a ton of analytics in San Francisco. I mean, it's like tech capital of the U.S., right? So there should be so yeah, like, much information here. Is, the, is, is there an impact there, you think? You think like, just by nature of the people like living in San Francisco, in the tech capital, are they more, uh, more in tune with... I think it's really easy for the Giants to hire um, statisticians and, yeah. and quants who can support um, you know, advanced analytics. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I kind of want to move on. Yeah, let's do it. But stay with, uh, stay with San Francisco. Hit me. Sort of unexpected things. This is maybe unexpected. Okay. Um, the Giants' probably most prolific player, um, over the last ten years. Who is it? Madison Bumgarner. Bad bum. Uh, and um, 
I think if you follow baseball, um, especially postseason baseball in uh, 10, 12, or 14, you saw the stats about how Madison Bumgarner is arguably the best best pitcher in the World Series mm-hmm. of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just incredible. And um, he was looking for, Madison Bumgarner was looking for a, a reasonable size deal. He's uh, 30, 31. Let's see here. Madison Bumgarner is 30, coming up on 31. He'll be 31 this season on August the 1st. And um, Mad Bum was looking for, you know, a deal to take him into his late 30s. And um, I don't think the Giants were willing to offer that to him. He had had a couple of years where he was not as valuable. And um, so I think, you know, really, it's kind of kind of crazy here. If we start with the uh, the first year when he was first full season, 111 innings pitched in 2010, 2.4 war, and reading from there to recent, we can start 241920. It's fine. He's still finding his footing. He's not the the team ace, but he's he's good. Then twenty thirteen, he goes to four wins above replacement. And then twenty fourteen, three point nine. And that fourteen was really, I think, the year when he the Royals year, he came in, pitched what, six innings yeah. in uh game seven. Mm-hmm. Um that was that was a pretty Pretty solid year for uh, Matt Bum that year. 217 innings pitch. Next year, um, came back 5.1 wins above replacement in 218 innings pitched. Um, another another great year. Bummer for the Giants uh, didn't do better. Um, 2016, Matt Bum still 4.8 wins above replacement in 226 innings pitched. I mean, it's just studly. Um, he uh, led the league with 34 games started that year. Um, four complete games. Yeah, I mean, pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid all around. Fifteen and nine that year. Not the win total, but I think that also reflects how good the Giants were or weren't. More specifically, um, so uh, unexpected that he rode away on a horse. Well, I mean, basically, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. He had the uh, the dirt bike injury, and then he had um. Was that three years ago? And then yeah, he, I think so. Then he had the, uh, the comebacker that hit him, hit his, broke his pinky mm-hmm. on his throwing hand mm-hmm. in uh, spring training. Um, was that last year or two years ago? It must have been two years ago uh, in 2018 because he pitched 129 innings that year. Mm-hmm. So in reduced inning load, though, 3 1, 2 4, and 2 5 war. And that's fine, but that's, that's uh, less war than you expect for your ace. And Matt Bum and was for somebody who's like saved, saved some innings. Is that what you mean? Um, well, I mean, he like if there's a total count of pitches thrown in a season and some of these seasons or like there's a total pitch count of your life, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's conserving a little bit through <laughs> through having some of these st- stupid injuries. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, that's that's a good point. Well, I, I think basically is he is a stud and was underperforming how good he probably should be going up through his age 29 season. Um, he was on a pretty friendly deal to the, uh, to the giants. Um, but I don't think the giants were really interested in paying him in his thirties because of his decline that started really with the shoulder injury. So, um, the giants have Cueto, they have the shark. Um, uh, we were looking just earlier. They've got, some other bull, um, some other rotation pieces rather that 
could be interesting. But um, I read that Madison Bumgarner is very excited about uh, buying a ranch in Arizona and kind of settling down. That makes sense. Having spring training and um, and the you know half a season there, and that uh, of all the places where he could have gone. Um, that was probably the most interesting. So now what is unexpected about this? Is it unexpected that he goes there? Is it, like, is it unexpected to the, you know, what, what what's the surprise? Because well, he was going to well, leave, so right? He's, uh, I think that there's some part of me that wants, uh, just like how, um, you know, Trout is like, he's part of the angels and he'll always yeah. be an angel. And yeah. it's like Mad Bum always being a giant. Um, it's like Matt Cain, right? Sure. Matt Cain didn't go anywhere else. Matt Cain like has a ton of goodwill from the Giants. I would not be surprised to see him in and about the Giants organization over the next right. ten years. Right. Um Mad Bum could could have probably stayed with the Giants on a smaller deal and been part of like the Giants lore forever. But I think right. he really wanted to be part of a winning team, which is really questionable Ouch. whether the Giants are going Ouch. to be a winning team this year. Hurts. You also can't park your horse in a condominium in the sky in the skyline of San Francisco. I mean, oh, well, I mean, with enough money, you probably could. Yeah, yeah, it's but, true. Um, five eighty-five. Can we get uh, some hay over here? Where, where do you need that hay? Parking lot, parking lot six forty-nine. Oh wait, yeah, I don't know. A parking lot, parking space. You know what I mean? Five eighty-five. Uh, it's it's a fair deal. It's a um, much smarter deal, I think, for Mike Hazen and the. Diamondbacks to give this money out versus the Granky money, and just doing a little bit of pitcher comparison. Um, I was looking at Madison Bumgarner, Zach Granky, and Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin and Zach Granky, um, both pitching for the Diamondbacks recently. Granky, of course, being traded to the Astros last year, and Corbin leaving a free agency to go to Washington, where he um pitched um. Pitched the, the the end of the World Series. He got the I don't know if he got the World Series win, mm-hmm. but he was fundamental to the Nationals getting the the World Series. So comparing um, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Greinke, and Patrick Corbin from 2012 to 2019, because that's when Corbin came to the league. Um, winning percentage: Mad Bum 576, Patrick Corbin 534, Greinke 721. Um, 721 is pretty pretty impressive. Uh, I should look up other pitchers in that uh, time frame. Um, ERAs in that time frame: Granky two nine eight, Mad Bum three one four, and Patrick Corbin three eight zero. All very good pitchers. Um, hypothetically, Madison Bumgarner is going to take Granky's spot as the ace of the Diamondbacks rotation. We'll see uh, how he fills in there. Um, but one other piece I wanted to call out: just comparing these three loosely arbitrary pitchers who have pitched for. Arizona recently. Um, Madison Bumgarner from 2012 to 2019. Um, he has uh, pitched in 12 postseason games, um, started 11 of them, uh, and finished one, which of course is the 2014 World Series. And um, yeah, he's just been he's just been incredible. Um, his ERA in the postseason 2.09 is otherworldly. Granky who has pitched in 13 games in the postseason uh, in that same time frame, um, has an ERA of 3.7. Um, Granky is probably paid 4x, roughly what Madbum is paid. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see uh, postseason value there. Um, and Patrick Corbin uh, only has 
uh, eight games where he's pitched in the um, postseason, and the Nationals used him um, and Davey Roberts. Yeah, I think that's the national manager. Davey Roberts used Patrick Corbin as a long swing man and reliever and kind of this Andrew Miller type um, do everything for us and save us from all the bad situations. So played in eight games through the postseason, but only started three of them with an ERA of 5.79. So Corbin was actually quite good this last year, but in the postseason, um, a little suspect. Uh Corbin also put up twice the war of Mad Bum this past year. A little more than twice the war, actually. 5.4 war. Um, and let's see here. Um, yeah, 3.25 ERA through the season. So um, in the postseason, you're playing against the best teams. Do so you expect that number to go up? Of course, Madison Bumgarner's number went down. Mm-hmm. So um, unexpected to me that the Giants wouldn't make a better offer to him. Mm. But at the same time, maybe it is expected. The, maybe the other unexpected note is that Mad Bum went to a, a division, another team in the division. Right. Um, glad he didn't go to the Dodgers just because I feel like that would be really strange. I mean, that's, that happens, though. Yeah, Brian Wilson did it, but yeah, um, yeah it definitely happens. Uh, also, I noted, noted that Stephen Vogt um, t- turned down more guaranteed money from the Giants to go play for Arizona uh, because Arizona offered him a second-year uh, vesting option if he plays enough. Um, and I like Stephen Vogt. He's, uh, he's a very likable um, backup catcher. And uh, I like that the league has a place for a guy like that. Um, a guy like what? <clears throat> oh, my God. I didn't warm up my voice. A guy like what? Uh, let's see here. Stephen Vogt. Stephen P.H. Vogt. I mean, you were like, I like, what did you say? I like that so- there's a team that has a place for a guy like... Stephen Vogt. What does that mean? Um, Stephen Vogt doesn't play. He doesn't play um, that much. Like he played 99 games this year. Year before, uh, 18 was he did not play. 17 he um, I think he was might have been injured in 18. In 17 he uh, played in total 99 games. He was a starter for Oakland 15 16, um, but he he's just not had that many like career plate appearances in um, seven seasons. He has 2,100 plate appearances. It's not that many because um, they're like some starters high up in the batting order can get high, get up to closer to 500 or north of 500 even. Um, I mean, just for fun, let's uh, take a look at Mookie Betts. There it is. Just for fun. Just for fun. Let's take a look. Mookie Betts in six years has 3,200 plate appearances. Um, and that's uh, his first season. He only played 52 games. So um, you can see how, uh, yeah, Mookie Betts last year had 597 plate appearances. So um, just trying to do a little comparison there. Um, of course, Vogt's probably going to be batting at the back of the order quite often. Um, but uh, he's a, a fun guy. I think he's uh, pretty good. Um, Interesting uh, here, Stephen Vogt uh, was drafted uh, out of college. He went to Azusa Pacific. No way. A little school I had not heard of until very recently. Azusa Pacific, you don't say. Let's see, are there any other Major League Baseball players from Azusa Pacific? Can you tell? Um, Do you have that power? Let's see Sometimes here. you got to pivot, man. Pivot that table. 
uh, Azusa Pacific. What do you suppose Azusa Pacific Pacific's fight song is? Mm, don't know. It could be like a ballad. I don't. I can't even tell. Uh, Azusa, Azusa Pacific. I don't know. Hard to say. It's a, a thing to look up um, possibly later. Um, yeah. Kyle, what should we be looking forward to? Uh, I think right now, because spring training has not yet started. I mean, mm-hmm. today it is uh, the, 13th the 13th of February. Um, on 226, Angels at Dodgers. Why? Um, I mean, Battle of LA, right? Sure. Um, and also that, um, you know, Trout bets. Um, it could be could be really interesting. Do um, they play that game? Uh, I think they would both play a little bit. Um, and neither one of them are injured, as far as I know. Um, but I, I think these are two teams that are just really stacked, mm-hmm. and uh, it'd be interesting to see see what happens. Um, okay. Okay. I, there is a, I think it's low likelihood, but there is a world where we could see a Battle of LA World Series. Um, but I. I think that it's more likely the Angels make the World Series than the Dodgers do. There you go. But uh, at the same time... Do you think Trout can do a World Series? I mean, I just want to see him play some more postseason games. Sure. Um, Who watches a Los Angeles World Series? Well, LA. Okay. Yeah. Um, and probably... Um, probably mid-market... Um, Columbus, Ohio. Okay, okay. Uh, Milwaukee. Wow. But Chicago is maybe a little less interested. But you know, there are there are Dodgers fans everywhere. I don't know about that. There are people wearing Dodgers hats everywhere. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> you burnt. <laughs> Fair. You burnt. There's a also deep burn. There are also people wearing Reds hats everywhere. Um, okay. Other other predictions. Other things to anything else to watch for, uh, like for, oh, this, that's on, like that's the game, right? That's, that's like the, that's the next game. That's the game to watch for. Yeah. I don't know about um, uh, I mean things in the season. I'm sure there's gonna be things to to look out for. Um, here's what I want to know. Yeah, let's. I want you. Let's predict what kind of season we're gonna have with regard to like the number of hits, the number of home runs, the number of strikeouts, the number of uh, the average like innings pitched for a starter, home runs. Some of these, like, some of these okay. are trending sure. in certain directions, sure, sure, right? Sure, Especially sure. like you talked about the ball change. I think, I think what we're gonna see is both strikeouts and home runs go up. Strikeouts too. Yep, strikeouts and home like runs. Like velocity, go up. like why? Uh, I think that. Um, or, or is it because there's 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 less people who know the signs <laughs> that are being called? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, I just think that like they're. The pitchers are just pitchers are getting so good, and I think that um, the analytics is going to. Um, I think we see organizations like Driveline who are really helping pitchers refine their their craft and their skills. I think that there's going to be a. Um, I think there's going to be a really great. Um, there's going to be a tipping point where the pitching gets so good that we have to do something like lower the mound again. But I think that as the pitchers are throwing harder and harder, that um, the players are getting smarter too. And so I think when they can read the pitch, they're going to hit it harder. But when they 
aren't getting the pitch right, they're going to be striking out more. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like going to be one or the other. Like either they're going to like either they're going to strike out or they're going to connect on connect with the ball. Yeah, I kind of think that's that's going to be the case. I so do, does that mean ball the uh, walk counts go down? Uh, I think that. I think that we might see more walks this year with more patient batters. Interesting. Um, and I might say hits go down. Okay, hits go down. Walks up and um, strikeouts up. Wow. Bold. Uh, so that would mean that the batting average for the league would go down. Uh, league batting average last year was 252. Home yeah. runs. Uh, oh, I'm saying that's actually league average based on each team's average then averaged again across okay. the 30 teams. Okay. Um, that, yeah, those are my predictions right now. Uh, do, you, do you want... I mean, we don't have, we don't have like a, a roster set. Like I think maybe day one of the season, I could give you a yeah. World Series prediction. Oh, wow. But No, day one of the season. Day, day one, one of the season. season. Yeah. You're not going to predict that now? No. That's, that's bold. That's bold. What about... Uh, like but If... if push came to shove i could give you a couple teams that would be in the picture but i don't think i could give you the 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 teams that are in it and the winner let's hold on that let's hold on that sure one more prediction though is one more prediction is um uh remaining trades or like or like just like movements around around the league like what what else happens in terms of people moving people moving around between now and like the start of the season or now in the trade deadline well both i guess um I think Chris Bryant gets moved. I think I think he's got there's bad blood with him and the the Cubs. I mean, any team would have done it to him, uh, manipulated his service time. But I think that the Cubs did it, and he don't I, like it. Yeah, and I think that I think the Cubs are on the downswing. And I mm-hmm. think the rest of the NL Central is on such an upswing. The Cubs will need to move him, um, and I don't know what they'll get back, but I think they'll need to move him. I don't know who needs a third baseman. Yeah, um, off the top of my head, but uh. Is it advantageous for him to move more so than the the Cubs to lose him? Hypothetically, but I mean, if he's on a winning team, I mean, he's former rookie of the year, former MVP, mm-hmm. multiple time All Star. Mm-hmm. He wants to play for a winner. He's young. I think Washington is an interesting interesting spot for him. Um, I think um, it's it's not likely, but I think Arizona could be a spot where he could be possibly interesting. Um, I think. Chris Bryant might end up eventually in a place like Seattle, um, but not this year because Seattle's not going to be a winner. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I a mean, lot of talk about Arizona today. Arizona's getting a lot of love from Kyle Lewis today. That's for sure. You know, they got, they've got an interesting group um, group there, and they, I was, I'm just so fascinated by They traded Zach Granke. Uh, halfway through or right at the trade deadline last year, they traded Pat or Patrick Corbin left mm-hmm. in free agency um, in the 18, uh, 19 off season. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, uh, and they, um, they traded Paul Goldschmidt away also. Mm. And uh, they're, you know, all-star team lead first baseman. And uh, they were better after those trades. And, they were a very interesting team last year, mm. and it's kind of scrappy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm fascinated by that. I did. I remember sitting with you, uh, seeing a Giants game, seeing Corbin pitching, yeah. and um, Corbin 
as two two years ago, I think. And Corbin just was dealing. I think we watched him through. I think he threw something like eighty eight pitches, uh, through eight innings, and it was like, oh my goodness, this guy is just, he's just balling. And he was like, he was still throwing like ninety four, ninety five in the eighth inning, and with just so much movement. It's a lot of heat. Yeah. Um, you, you know what else uh, Arizona has? Speaking of heat, air conditioning. Yeah. You know they replaced the grass uh, field with turf there. What? Uh, the grass wasn't growing consistently enough. I guess that makes sense. It is Arizona. It is the desert. Right. It's very strange that we play sports there at all. Yeah, let alone preseason. Like, all teams. No, preseason, ha- half the team. Yeah, preseason half the, makes the sense, though, because it's not as hot. Yeah, it's I warm, suppose. Yeah. But, like, 92, 93 Fahrenheit versus 110 Fahrenheit. Right. Like, 4th of July in Arizona. All right, here we go. Just for fun. Just for fun. There it is. Phoenix. Phoenix, uh, 4th of July. Here's a prediction. What is the average temperature on 4th of July in Phoenix, Arizona? Let's see here. I'm going to say 103. Historical average, you say 103? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's 107. Um, that's the high. Samsonite. Yeah. I was way off. Oh, that's a high, though. That's a high. That's not average. You want the average temperature? Yeah. Well, average temperature on the 4th of July. Like the, 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 meet, the mean between the, the high and the low? Is that what you want? Yeah. The histor- Do I? The historical I don't know. average high oh, is 107. The historical histor- average high. Okay, all right. Historical average low is 82. Okay, all right. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's not what I meant then. Yeah, I figured. I don't know what I figured. Historical average high is 107, which means that there are days... When it's way higher than that, right? Certainly. All right. We're going to do uh, Columbus, Ohio. Let's do Cincinnati. Cincy. We got we to gotta work Cincinnati in at some point today. You know, so we're just giving, we're giving the Reds zero love today. You know, the Reds had actually a quite uh, active offseason. And we will probably address that in a future episode. Uh, okay. Fourth of July. Uh, historical average in Cincinnati, Ohio. You want to take a guess? Um, 91. 86 degrees, actually. 86. Quite lovely. Yeah. Quite lovely. 86 pretty, is a pretty good temperature. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. We, 83 is, like, I think ideal. Like, maybe 82 is an ideal temperature. I don't You know what I mean? Like, just for being outside. 78. 78? That's cold. Mm. I, grew up, I grew up in Ohio. You grew up Burr. in California. Okay, so... Let's talk. I want. Let's. We gotta. We gotta move to the game, right? Yeah, we gotta do the game. We yeah, gotta, the game is how we how we wrap this up. Okay. Thank you all for listening. That's right. We're if gonna... you've made it this far, all right, buddy. This is the game. Mm-hmm. The, the game is uh, blindly. You tell me who's who uh, when I give you a position and a team, and and you can see me. You can look me in the eyes and see that I'm not looking looking this up. That's right. There's there's nothing for him to look up. He's staring right at me. It's making me uncomfortable. Okay. Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Oh, I got to give you like a, a, a softball. They, they said they call it they called they, a softball. They picked up a lot of players. Um, in the oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that, I mean, this is a softball because you're a Reds fan. So this is, they call this, you know, th- I'm just going to lob one up for you. Okay. Shortstop. Uh, well, the sh- starting shortstop this season will be Freddie Galvez. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah. It's true. That's, that's who's listed there. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to a different team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Niners in the Super Bowl pretty gnarly. True. I can only tell you a few people who play for either one of those teams. That's right. That's good. That's good. The Kansas City Royals, however. Mm. A, team, a team that I do not care about. That's right. That's right. Shortstop. Apo- apologies to Jen Rizzo. Eh. Shortstop, Alcides Escobar, maybe? No. He's uh, maybe their second baseman. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I must have gotten rid of him because he's not on here at all. Oh, maybe they did. Well, who's the second baseman? Whit Merrifield? That is pretty good. He's the, he's the number two. Oh, okay. Good for you. Who's yeah. That? Number one, Lopez? No idea. Who's the shortstop? I can't pronounce this guy's name. Hang on. Oh, Nicky Lopez. Oh, I, I messed that up. Nicky Lopez. It must be a... That must be a nickname or something. Probably. No, I don't know. Okay, and then... Uh, uh, Mondes- Mondesi? Oh, uh, Mondesi. Mondesi. Raul Mondesi's son. No, no. Oh, oh yeah? He's well, how, how do you say, say this first name? Adob... Adob- oh, jeez. Adalberto. Yeah, that's it. It's um, got a. You have to roll off. The, you yeah, have to like roll the R. Yeah. Um, Adalberto. You know Jeff, what I mean? Jeff Hayward. Yeah. Um, is this not? Is this inappropriate? No, no. Me, me trying fine. to pronounce these names. You're fine. Nikki Lopez. Yeah. Uh, looking up here, played in 103 games for Kansas City last year, and I had no idea who he was. That's fine. That's fine. It's kind of kind of rough. That's fine. Uh, again, again, just to is, reiterate, we is, just don't care about the Kansas City Royals. That's his right. name is Nicholas Lopez, so Nikki is not a crazy. Uh, nickname okay that's not bad okay all right third one houston uh yeah, houston i could buy you okay so if you do like baltimore it's like <laughs> baltimore's also we're just getting you like revved this is like new stuff new season sure. just getting you revved up here um centerfield Ooh. houston centerfield uh george springer that's the one that's the one, George Springer. Well yeah. done. Uh, World Series MVP 2017. Wow. The year, huh? Is that right? Yeah, why was he MVP that year? Uh, because he let off and he it, hit. It wasn't his drum skills? I don't get this joke. Isn't that how they cheated? Oh, uh, <laughs> the banging scheme. <laughs> That's right. Yes, uh, you are correct. Um Okay, let's see here. Postseason batting. Oh, uh, no, he was the MVP of the 2017 World Series. Yeah, that's Boom. correct. Springer. Yeah. Georgie, Georgie. George Springer. Let's see here. George Springer's middle name is Chelston. Um, he went to University of Connecticut and was drafted 11th overall by the Astros, but it was the second time he was drafted. Um. He is uh, 30 years and 147 days old. He is uh, just slightly younger than Madison Baumgartner we were talking about earlier. Um, George he's Springer, 6'3", for crying out loud. He's a big boy. Uh, George, How fast do you think a guy like this runs? I mean, you've got to be able to book it, you know? Yeah, he's pretty quick. Um, but 6'3", 215? How quick are you? These are not football players. The football players, I understand if you tell me a f- football player is 6'3". 215 and is flying. But this is baseball, Jack. This is this is baseball. If you if they open their stride too much, they pull a hammy. Uh well he is a center fielder. You ever seen baseball players warm up? 
<laughs> yes. Um, George, uh, George Springer, um, his sprint speed uh, has increased. Um, so he was he was doing some good work here. Uh, looking at baseballessential.com, which is a site I don't know if I've ever looked at before. Um, it looks like his average sprint speed, which I this metric I don't know what this is. I think it might be miles per hour, but I won't swear to that. Uh, from eighteen to nineteen went from twenty seven point seven to twenty eight point two for the most recent year. There's moving, no way moving him from two hundred twenty ninth in the league to seventy eighth in the year. There's there's no way that that's miles per hour. Like that's like the fastest guys in the NFL are like twenty eight miles an hour. Right, like here. the fastest guys, and that's the NFL. Those are like. Those are those are people who are coming out of like uh, feet per field second, feet per second sprinting. It's, it's yeah, fit per, feet per second. Okay, there you go. Um, and uh, so if I'm gonna look, what, what the hell does that transfer to feet per second? That's something slow. Um, okay, so we're looking for George Springer on this list. George Springer, according to Baseball Savant, is 115th in the league, uh, 28.4 feet per second. Um, just for fun. Players who I don't think of as fast ranked ahead of him: Adam Duvall, 80th. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Just reading the list and think about it. Um, how about uh, now? We're getting into the speed now. 28 feet per second, by the way, is 19 miles an hour. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It is quick. It's, a, it's fast. It's a good sprint. Uh, Mike Trout is 41st. Uh, with a uh, sprint speed of 29.2. There's a good number of guys at 29.2. Christopher Negron, who I think actually is retired now, uh, former Red, former Dodger. Um, but it gets interesting. Billy Hamilton, actually uh, number 19 this last year. Um, and, uh, oh, here's another fun one that I, I actually just heard about, mm-hmm. uh, thanks to uh, Ben Lindbergh from Effectively Wild, mm-hmm. a superior baseball podcast if you're looking for one. Mm-hmm, maybe. Um, Tim LaCastro from Arizona, mm-hmm. fastest man in baseball, according to Baseball Savant, mm-hmm. which is a Major League Baseball website now, um, who uh, was drafted by the Blue Jays but now plays for Arizona, is not the best hitter, but he led led the league in hit-by-pitches last year and uh, is the fastest player in baseball. This is a man you don't want to hit. No um, kidding. Because, He'll get on base and steal all the way home. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, let me double check this. I just want to point out that we are giving yet more love to Arizona. This might be the beginning and the end of the uh, Arizona Love Fest. Um, let's see here. Uh, last year in 91 games, Tim LaCastro stole 17 bases. Do you know how many times he was caught stealing? None. Five. No, none? Yeah. None? And uh, the year before, in 18 games, he stole four bases and was caught stealing zero times. Wow. Um, and, Fast man uh, in baseball. He also was, uh, in those 91 games, he was walked 14 times. Um, batting average of 250. Okay, this is all great, but who, Kyle, and let's make this the, the last thing. Who's the slowest person in baseball? Actually, I want you to take a guess before you look it up. I mean, uh, well, it would have been, um, oh my goodness. Who is the guy? Hunter Pence. No, no. Hunter Pence is pretty quick, actually. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Um, sure as hell don't look like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Baseball savant. Go faster. Wait, you got to predict first. You got to like, take no, a no, guess. I'm, I'm finding Pence okay. on this list here. 
Pence is 90th overall. Okay, um, CC Zabathia. Oh, that's slow. That's slow SOB. Big, big pitcher. Um, big boy. Big pitcher. Uh, beyond that, I mean, is pitch, do you want position player? Sure, yeah. Let's do, let's do, let's do a non-pitcher. Can you... Wow. Um. Uh, so, yeah, let's do somebody who should be fast. I guess like oh, a first baseman doesn't need to be fast. We yeah, can like yeah. break this down. Yeah. Maybe we should like break this down for a future podcast. Like the slowest second baseman or the slowest shortstop. Yeah, like who's the who's the slowest outfielder? Like, are there outfielders out there that are just like stupidly slow? Barry Bonds, who is like just you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some. Uh, They're just gonna stand there. I'm sure some some like left fielders, right fielders, I guess. Uh, right fielders are pretty slow. Um, I'm just gonna go on a limb and say it's like somebody from the Orioles. Do you, do you want me to look it up? No, that I mean that's good. It's someone from the Orioles. Okay, look it up. Go ahead. Oh, you know. Okay, so we, first base when we we're talking about Albert Pujols, I mean he's just he's just hobbled. Right. 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 Um, At this point, yeah. Uh, catchers would also be another position to think about um, being really slow. Miguel Cabrera would have been a good good guess. There you go. Um, it's very surprising to see at the bottom of this list, Jed Jerko, uh, third baseman now for the Dodgers. I don't know where he's going to play next year. Um, you know, here's a guy who I was about to say, but I, I thought he was quicker. Williams Astadio. Um, he's 20th from the bottom. Um, he's, he's pretty slow. It's a rough group down there. Uh, but last year's slowest, uh, slowest position player would be Brian McCann. Um, slower somehow than our pool holes. Brian McCann, I believe, has retired. He appears to be retired. Um, played in the World Baseball Classic for the United States of America. Career 31.8 war. Um, and uh, I think he has a World Series. Is that possible? Yeah, he was on the 17 World Series um, team for Houston. So we got a, he got a ring. Um, Jeff, do you have another position player for me? Oh my gosh. No, I, I, I gave you three. Three's great. Three's great. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's it. Let's, um, let's call it. And we look forward to, uh, speaking to each other and into your ears and into your ears. That's right. Very soon. Reds catcher. Tucker Barnhart. There it is. Good job, Kyle. I mean, <laughs> If it's if there's any team I know, it should be the Reds. Uh, better. I was testing you. That's like that's what I was doing. Uh, here's a fun one. Um, real player or not? Ready? Oh, that's good. I'm gonna yeah. give you. I'm gonna give you two two names. Yeah, yeah. And you have to tell me which one is a real. Is player. real? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Frosted Flakes. Yep. And what? Go ahead. Tell me. Okay. The first one is Tony Fielder. Uh huh. And the second one is Shogo Akiyama. Tony Fielder's real. Um, I made up Tony Fielder. He might be a real player, but <laughs> Shogo Akiyama is a uh, real player that the Reds signed from Japan this That's year. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Tony Fielder. Uh, there's no one called Tony Fielder in baseball reference. Yeah. We'll play this game again. It's fun. I like okay. this. All right, man. Good job. Well, that was it. Bye. 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 Bye, Dwight. <laughs>